tonight I, I have a how-to sermon and how to live in a sin-stained world is the question I want to answer. How do we, and I want to narrow that question down a little bit for us in our church, how do we reformed Christians, how do reformed Christians live in a fallen world? And the first how-to is injustice. How do we, as reformed Christians, live in a world with injustice all around us. I think that's the question that the world is asking of us right now, and many are answering the questions by joining the BLM and joining the Proud Boys and, and joining all these various countercultural groups. But how should we Reformed Christians live in an unjust world? Kohelet says, chapter 3, verse 16, Moreover, he saw, moreover I, I saw under the sun... Under the sun is the place of this world. It's this fallen world. Under the sun is Kohelet's way of saying this fallen world. I saw under the fallen world that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And so he's lamenting the injustice of the world. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. In the place of justice and righteousness is wickedness. This is injustice. The preacher is lamenting this unjust world. Now, we as Reformed Christians have to remember, behind the wickedness, behind this fallen world, stands the imago dei, the image of God in man. Created after God's image, Adam was created righteous. And so Adam could rule righteously. He could judge rightly. And he could do justice. He was actually created for justice. Injustice wasn't, part, wasn't even part of his DNA. It wasn't part of his nature. His nature was justice. And so when the serpent did injustice, and he did injustice when he asked the question, has God said, challenging the Lord, Adam should have took the hoe and chopped the serpent's head off. He should have crushed the serpent's head. That's what he was created for. He was created for justice, but he went against his own nature and sinned. And the image of God broke. The image of God broke that day when Adam sinned. And man no longer rules in perfect righteousness. Man no longer rules perfection with perfect righteousness, but man still rules. Genesis 9, 6 says, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall have his blood shed. For God made man in his own image. Because man is made an image of God, and that image remains. Even after the fall, the image remains. Therefore, man can exercise justice. The imago remains, and so justice can still punish evil. Fallen man can still read God's natural law. And so in this world, we as Christians, Reformed Christians in this world, we can expect, we can expect justice. We can demand justice from our state, and we can vote for the rule of law. And, and that's my, you know, that's how, how you should vote this uh, coming uh, November. Is it, is it Thursday? Get out and vote Thursday. Is it Friday, Thursday, Tuesday? It's sometime this week. Go vote. And vote for the rule of law, and that's as far as I'm going to take it. Vote for the rule of law, but anticipate, anticipate that the rule of law will not be perfect because sin still remains, 
because the image is shattered, you should anticipate some injustice in the world. We want the rule of law. We expect it. We should expect it as Christians because of the imago dei, but we also anticipate because of sin the fall of the rule of law. Now, some Christian traditions deny the imago. They say that the image is gone, and therefore you cannot trust this world. And so what does the church have to do in a world that you can't trust the world? You go into hiding. So the imago is gone, and we have to go into hiding. The best course of action is a Christian compound where we can raise Christian barns and Christian turkeys. Others say, you know, or if you're in the city, if you're in the city, then you've got to raise a Christian ghetto with Christian coffee shops and Christian rock bands. It's all about passivism when the image is gone. You've got to let the world go. It's, it's, it's worthless. And others say the image is gone, and Christians are the only ones who have the image. And so it's the job of the Christian to redeem the world, to overcome the world. You can't trust the world until the Christian redeems it. The world is illegitimate. We cannot participate until we as Christians redeem it. So the best course of action is a Christian state. We must fight for it. When you believe the image is gone, it's either dominion or hiding as a Christian. You either have to exercise dominion over, over the state or you go in hiding away from the state. But we as Reformed Christians believe that the image is fractured. The image is still remains, though fractured, it still reflects natural law from, our, from its maker. This means the best course of action for the Reformed Christian in this, Ill, or in this uh, world of injustice, the best course of action for injustice is obedience, submission, honor where honor is due, patience, quiet living, working hard, faithfully attending the means of grace, praying, serving, faith, hope, and love. That is what and how we are to live. We are not pacifists. We don't flee the world because the world is the field white for harvest. We're not aggressive. We don't take over the world for it's temporary and legitimate. As Reformed Christians, we simply do the Great Commission, and we do the Great Commandment, and we don't confuse the two. Confusing the Great Commission and the Great Commandment is for those who are in hiding and for those who are exercising dominion. We as Reformed Christians distinguish the law from the gospel, have dinner paired with a nice Chardonnay. We rightly separate the law and the gospel, and we live in this world recognizing that God still makes hearts glad. Verse 17, Kohelet said, I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and for every work. Kohelet knows that vengeance belongs to the Lord. And the justice that he announces here is not eschatological. The verb yispit in, God, in Hebrew, God will judge, doesn't mean God's final judgment day. It means that justice belongs to God. Justice. God holds justice in his hand. God's justice will be met. And how does God meet his justice in a fallen world? Romans 13.4. Romans 13.4 says the government is God's servant for your good. The government is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, says Paul, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. What the Christian may not do, vengeance, Paul says the state may do. 
We cannot do vengeance, but the government may. The government, and no matter how imperfect you vote November 8th, and it's the wrong government, according to you, they're still the servant of the Lord. I like to tell those who voted for Biden, if Trump would have won, I'd have said, hey, he's the servant of the Lord. They're like, ah. And then Biden won. like, hey, he's the servant of the Lord. The Trump's like, ah. They're all, it's the servant of the Lord. God's providential. God's sovereign. No matter who you vote for, whoever wins the election is God's servant for your good, thanks to common grace in the remaining imago. But also injustice. There is injustice in this world. There's Johnny Cash and there's Rascal Flats. We mourn Rascal Flats. We celebrate Johnny Cash if you're, if you're smart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's how we live with the injustice. We trust God's providence. He will provide justice in the face of darkness. But pastor, the world is getting worse and worse. How do we live with so many sinners? Kohelet said, verse 18, I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. Now, he's not talking anthropology. He's not calling us animal kind. We are image of God kind. He's talking harm archaeology. He's talking the study of sin. He's calling us sinful kind. We are the sinful kind, verse 19. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beasts is the same. He's not talking about the immortality of the soul either. He's not saying all dogs go to heaven either. He says as one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath. And man has no advantage over the beasts, for all is vanity. We are all dust you shall return kind, because we are all Adam kind. As Adam kind, death is our place. It is where we are all headed. Verse 20, all go to one place the grave. All are from the dust, and to the dust shall all return. What Kohelet is doing here is he's attacking, as he's been doing throughout the text, the traditional wisdom literature, the Proverbs. He, he loves to attack the Proverbs, because the Proverbs say, if you do the right math, if you do the right math, if you live this way and do this, you'll have a long life. And Kohelet says, huh, not so fast. <laughs> Kohelet said, I've seen people who lived a good life die early. He says, I've seen that the righteous and the wicked both alike die together. He's saying, hey, the traditional, yeah, do Proverbs. Proverbs are smart. If you're wise, you want to do Proverbs. But don't trust Proverbs. Don't, don't take Proverbs to the bank. You will not necessarily live a long life through wisdom. Kohelet knows the curse sanctions, and the curse sanctions trump wisdom. All men, the wise and the fool, return to dust. Verse 21, who knows whether the spirit of man goes upwards and the spirit of the beast goes down into the earth. He's making a point here. He knows that all die and go to the earth. He knows that death levels everything in a fallen world. And he also knows you have to pay your taxes. Now, when it comes to taxes, I like the go-and-hiding approach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have to pay your taxes. Uh, my default is the one to go into hiding when I get my tax bill, but no, I've got to pay my taxes. I trust the Lord. I don't trust my government, but I trust the Lord, <laughs> so I pay my taxes. The image of God is broken, and death is coming for us all. 
That is what Kohelet is saying. Or as my grandfather used to so eloquently put it, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. You ever heard that one? That was my grandfather's favorite saying. This world is going to hell in a handbasket, which is really a paraphrase of our Lord and Savior. In this world, you will face tribulation. In this world, you will face tribulation. The world is fallen, and because the world is fallen, fallen men will tyrannize. Fallen men will tyrannize. The world is fallen, and fallen men will tyrannize. The world is fallen, and death will consume everything you got. So how should we as Christians, Reformed Christians, live in a world, in a fallen world with pain and death and suffering all around us, and governments falling apart and pieces all around us. How should we live? Should we go in hiding? Should we cower in fear? Start raising Christian turkeys? No, we should take over America, God's country, and kill the sinner. No, we are reformed. So be of good cheer, for Christ has overcome the world. The world is going to hell in a handbasket, and be of good cheer. Verse 22, he says, So I saw that there is nothing better than, a man, that a, that a, than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? Rejoicing. It's nothing better than a man to rejoice. And rejoicing is the Reformed life. It's the makeup of the Heidelberg Catechism. God's grace comforts us in Christ without any merit of our, of our own. And we respond with thankfulness all our days long. Until death, with injustice all around, with wars and rumors of more, persecution, disease, and earthquakes, we know that God still provides. We know that God still makes glad. We know this world is fallen. And we rejoice and enjoy it all still the same. You don't have to busy yourself trying to redeem it, tying yourself with the vanity of painting Christianity all over the world so that you can participate in it. It's God's world. You can participate. It's God's world. You can use it. It's God's world. You can enjoy it. You don't have to burden yourself with forsaking it. You don't have to bore your life with, false, with a false piety that rejects it. Let the preacher here free you. He says the imago is broken, but the world is still good, and governments still govern. Yes, you're going to die. Yes, governments are going to fail you, but you can live now. Do you want to go out and have a beer and talk about it? But you say, Pastor, this world is hell. You're asking me to go have a beer? And I say, yes, but Christ has descended into hell to deliver you from the hellish anguish and terrors of hell. Christ rose from the dead to overcome it. And we are sharers in his righteousness. And he ascended into heaven, and, and he now watches over us in such a way that not a hair falls from our head without the will of the Father. And he's never absent from us. Christ is never absent from you. Christ is victorious and he's victorious still in a broken world. So God hasn't quit governing. He hasn't quit preserving, redeeming, and renewing. One of my favorite pictures in the Bible of Jesus is after the resurrection. What does he do after the resurrection? He goes and he meets his disciples, right? They're out working. And he calls them to the shore. Hey, take a break. They come to shore and he lights a fire and he roasts some fish. And he sits down and he has a common meal with them. He enjoys fellowship. There's war. There's war around him. Persecution is coming. Death is coming. And there were many lives to be saved. But Jesus took a moment 
with his disciples to have a good meal and good fellowship, companionship. We have so much to do for the kingdom. So much to do for the kingdom. Get busy. But let's take a break and go have some tacos this Tuesday. But it's all meaningless. Yes, yes. But if I don't do the dishes, they pile up. How can you sleep with all this injustice in the world? Black lives matter. Blue lives matter. All lives matter. China, Ukraine, Russia. Yes, yes. But I got to go to bed and get up early for work tomorrow. Death is coming, Pastor. Yes, but death is always coming. Death is always consuming. And I got to go to my kids' football game this week. But I've lost loved ones, Pastor. Yes. And grief will change you. Grief will change you forever. But it will pass. Don't forget the law. Don't forget to love the ones you have while you have them. Have you told your spouse how much you appreciate them lately? But I struggle with anxiety and depression. Yes, there are seasons of depression. There are triggers for anxiety. Just breathe. Take it one day at a time. This too shall pass. There will be relief. Weeping tarries for the night. Joy comes in the morning. Jesus is the Lord of life. Seek to glorify the Lord in all you do. Jesus is the Lord of death. Don't fear. He is always present, body and soul, in life and in death. So life is good, and death is gain, and Christ is my only comfort. For Christ, the Reformed faith, and the destruction of Satan's kingdom. At Covenant Reformed Church in Missoula, Montana, we sincerely believe God's Word and faithfully teach it. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays. For more information, please visit MissoulaURC.com. That's MissoulaURC.com.